You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In this week's program, Father Paul explains that we are paying a high price for the false teaching of theologians who cannot hear or understand Scripture because they are too busy defending their own theology, which emasculates the throne of the judge, resulting in violence. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Now, something strange happened, which is the episode of the golden calf. And you know the story. So I'm going to just pinpoint main statements, passages. In verse 4, you have the molten calf which is reflective as we shall learn later of Baal and again as a reminder Baal is the nemesis of Yahweh because Yahweh looks like Baal in Hosea chapter 2 Elohim is always put on a notch above and yesterday I had a session about Psalm 82, where I detailed that. And then, in verse 4, And he received the gold at their hand, so he collected the gold from the people, and fashioned it with a graving tool, and made a molten calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Now, the translation does not reflect the original because in the original, God's is exactly Elohim, the same word and sound of the noun that is used to speak of God. But very clearly here in the Hebrew, the verb is in the plural, who brought you up. And this plural is very powerful because it is there as it is now and then in the Bible with the additional noon. Those who know Arabic know that the ending of the Hebrew U is un. And we have it also in the Bible often. So these are the two forms in the Semitic languages. But when you add the noon, you are underscoring that plural because we do not have the noon in the third person singular. So obviously, when you hear it at the beginning, these are your gods. You're hearing Elohim, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And this contradicts the text I read to you a few minutes ago at the end of 2946 where the statements say and 
you will remember that it is and they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them forth out of the land of Egypt so that I may dwell among them and suddenly what they have here among them is a molten calf and the reaction of Moses is that he breaks the tables of the law which means in the words of Jeremiah and Ezekiel the covenant is broken it's a very powerful story so the reinstatement of the covenant at the end of chapter 34 after Moses having prayed God is already the new covenant and that is why according to me when Jeremiah tried to pray as Moses did the answer of the Lord was do not pray because I'm not hearing you which means that what is translated as the new covenant in all our theologies is wrong because the adjective hadasha with berit in Jeremiah and Ezekiel means the latest covenant. Those who know Arabic know that the news on TV at the end of the day are al-ahdath, the happenings, which means the novelties, the latest news. And that's why I laugh when I hear on the TV stations here in America, the latest news. You don't have to add the latest news because news means something you have not heard yet. And thus it's the latest. So I want to repeat that. The new covenant is your last chance. That's why the apostle of God in the New Testament is always when he opens his mouth to the Gentiles, he is harsh with them. Meaning there is no more time to try again. So let's rehear that. What we think of as the new covenant as a second one, and you know the play in universes today, out of deference to the Jews, they don't like to say the Old Testament, they say the Older Testament. And the New Testament, the Newer, it's a play. You're playing a game against Scripture. Already when you are at the end of chapter 34, you are dealing with the renewed covenant, with a new set of tables you hear it in the text because the originals were broken and when you break this new set of tables you are breaking if you like the renewed covenant to call it this way and this is set up for the ultimate covenant or the third if you like which is the ultimate and I want all of you to hear that 
and not come back to me. Well, I read a book yesterday that was published by Amazon and the university, but it doesn't help. Theologians in the West don't know what they are talking about. They are defending their own theology so that ultimately, as the Lutherans teach everybody else, whatever you do, don't worry because your sins of yesterday, today, and the sins you are going to commit next year are already forgiven by Jesus Christ. Which means next year you can go and kill someone. It doesn't matter. That is the mentality that we are paying the price thereof here and not the ownership of guns. Now, don't twist my words by saying it's okay if you have a gun. No. In the Bible, you're not allowed to have a gun. But what I'm saying, that the source of the evil is in the so-called Christian theology that does not abide by Scripture, let alone take it as its source. So that's what we have here in chapters 32, 33, and 34. But let me take a few texts from 33 and 34. In 33, 6, and 7, we have Therefore, the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. So it was not enough to destroy the golden calf, but it was important to destroy the source of the golden calf, which are the ornaments of gold that Aaron took from the people to build God. And you Orthodox think twice before speaking highly of the icon you commission a human being to paint for you in front of which you prostrate yourself in your churches. Verse 6, let me repeat, Therefore the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from might Horeb onward. Remember, the root Horeb is from a root that means war, as we have it in Arabic, or sword, as we have it in Hebrew. It's much more ominous than Sinai. Verse 7 of chapter 33, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp. Notice how every time he had to pitch it again. Far off from the camp. It is as though God is not in the midst of his people. He becomes in the midst of his people when they hearken his commandments, as we hear at the end of Ezekiel 37. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Amazing. Remember the shepherd in the wilderness. The sheep has to follow him. And we have this imagery nicely in John chapter 10 about Jesus as being the shepherd, where he has still sheep outside the fold. 
So this outside the camp is very important and it will be brought up in the story of Jesus who was crucified outside the city. Now the end of 33 is ominous since it underscores what I have said. We are facing the judgment of God in his forgiveness to us. Let's hear it. You never hear this in the synagogues and the Christian churches. We are forgiven thus. We are the forgiven ones. Some of the theologians launched that very sexy, attractive statement. I am a wounded healer. It is as though every Orthodox youngster is a Jesus figure. Come on now, wake up. And here, the last verses of chapter 33. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I shall show mercy. But God said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand upon the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And it is in this sense that God is gracious to you. Because if you see his face, as we shall hear a few verses later, I shall be good until the third and fourth generation. But whoever sins, I shall be after him and his progeny until the third and fourth generation. So keep this in mind because we're going to encounter it soon in another way of speaking whereby God is ultimately the one who is seated on his throne of righteousness, which is the throne of judgment. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.